Okay, you have reached In Conversation with Carl Wilder. I'm here with the estimable actress, Alison Frazier. She has a list of credits longer than my arm, really longer than any part of my body. I'm not a very big person. And uh, has had the fortune of appearing on both the television show Happy, where I have to say I did not even recognize her, as well as Happy-ish, and not many people have been on both. She has been in The Secret Garden, The Divine Sister. Um, she became very well known within New York, as if she was just being discovered by audiences, for playing Tessie Tura in the Patti Lapone revival of Gypsy. It was as if she were reborn in the theatrical community. But Allison has been working since about 1980. She was very famously married to Rusty McKinney. And I've met her a few times over the years, but we never got to know each other. There is one incident that stands out that was really lovely. When she was doing a tribute to Rusty and his music with Mary Testa and Annie Golden came and did a couple of songs. She was had some CDs after the show. And uh, I wanted one and I said, will you be around for a few minutes? I need to run to the ATM. And she looked at me and she said, it's a gift. She kissed me on the cheek and she handed me a CD that had New York Romance, which is one of my favorite songs of all time. I know that now she would have to elbow bump me and throw it across the room to me, but at the time, it was a really lovely thing to do. So please welcome Alison Frazier. And I'm gonna give you something to react to, a little quote, and you can start talking from there. New York without theater is Cleveland. <laughs> Well, I kind of like Cleveland. I, I think it's a very, very interesting place. One of the uh, more obscure shows that I did was Elliot Ness in Cleveland. Ah, you just ruined it. That's what I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, it was not well liked in Cleveland. I think it did not have a very nice view of Cleveland and got a terrible review. But it's a fascinating story of... Um, how Elliot Ness, after he became so famous, uh, putting um, Al Capone away for tax evasion, not for you know killing lots of people and, and for bootlegging, but um, he finally got him on taxes, and of course uh, Capone died in prison. But what people don't realize is that he then went to Cleveland, and um, Cleveland at that time was completely uh, mob-ridden, absolutely mob-ridden, and they were broke too. They only had eight police cars, and the first thing that Elliot Ness did was he decided to paint the police cars black and white, and that's where the old, you know, the, the late 40s and right. uh, 50s black and whites came from, and this idea that if you saw these black and white cars, you would think, uh, about the police rather than the old black sedans that used to be in who anybody could be in. And uh, well, what happened was, the, I think, I believe it was the nation's first highly publicized um, serial killer. He was called uh, the Torso Murderer because he would uh, take homeless uh, people, who, homeless men for the most part, um, down on the flats of Cleveland, down by the river, and he would dismember them and, and, and cut their heads off and you know leave the pieces all around. And I believe that there were eight or nine of these cases, and he would taunt Elliot Ness, and the body parts kept getting closer and closer to... Um, 
the police headquarters, which was down in that area by the flats. And, you know, finally a head landed right on the steps. And Elliot Ness never caught this killer. And he descended into alcoholism and a very, very um, unhappy life. I believe at one point he um, he was involved in a hit and run. <laughs> you know, he, he knocked somebody over. He might have killed them. I can't remember. I, I believe it was a woman. And uh, he just had a really sad end after a pretty uh, glorious career. So that's that's getting really far away from what you were talking about. No, is, it's exactly what I was talking about in a sense because I saw that show. Um, I saw that show. I was in Cleveland doing some work and I thought, oh, that sounds really good. And then it was, the critics hated it. I think I saw it, I don't know, opening night or first night of previews before the well, reviews hit. We had terrible, terrible technical problems. So if you don't remember, you know, that gigantic skyscraper. Um, I, I did not see the technical problems, no. So I saw it after the opening. Not after the opening. But yeah. I loved it. I thought it was a great show. You know, my sister, who is notoriously not a, a big theater goer, goer, it's still one of her favorite shows ever. It was wild. Uh, David S. Bjornsson was the director. We had unbelievable costumes and the set. I mean, there was a skyscraper on the stage. Mm -hmm. And then there was this, do you remember that crazy part where there was a morgue with body parts and and yep. and the body moved, you know, like there were holes in the table and then live actors were... I was going to ask you how they did that. <laughs> oh, this is crazy. It was really an interesting uh, interesting show. And I became very close uh, friends with uh, Burke Moses, who was wonderful as Elliot Ness. I mean, he just looked like a superstar. And um, sadly, I had to leave the show because that uh, during the run of the show, my husband, who was at Rusty, yeah. who was uh, ill, uh, uh, actually, he wasn't ill. I mean, he, he had underlying conditions that we didn't know about until after this incident. He was taken to the hospital with severe abdominal pains, and oh. I had to leave the show and go home because those pains turned out to be stage four cancer, which they did not diagnose until... Um, they did exploratory surgery, and then they found just a, a mass, a mass of uh, cancer yeah. that had already gone into the lymph nodes. So he was basically, uh, um, he didn't have a chance. Uh, the doctor who had been treating him didn't, didn't read the colonoscopy. He's just kind of... I, I, I remember, and I remember uh, a concert that you did, um, I forgot the name of it, with uh, Rusty, and he did about... A 30 minute set by himself at yeah that was yeah. an astonishing uh, that's actually on youtube i believe it's called it sweet really? appreciation yes i have a record the record yeah. yeah and i think sweet appreciation and lou black uh, the comedian yeah. lou black is on that and i'm on it test yeah. is on mary test is on it rebecca luker is yep. on it and um it's a it's a wonderful wonderful um video too and i believe that if you go to youtube and uh type in ladies and gentlemen rusty mcgee that that clip will come up the entire totally spontaneous absolutely jaw-dropping and brilliant um uh, uh, uh 
clip uh, when he was, you know, he was nine months away from from death, yeah. and he just he came up with this on the spot, twenty、uh, minute set that was. You know, to this day, it's one of the most shockingly wonderful things I've ever seen in my life, and people just like, oh my god! And then at the uh, uh, there's actually a dedicated Rusty McGee YouTube station that I think it's in too.、Um, at the next memorial service, the one after Rusty died, we played that tape. I couldn't go to that. Yeah, we played that that tape、go. and. You know, there were people upstairs、uh, watching it on a big TV, and、yeah. they said it was、uh, unreal because it was almost like he was still alive, but he was just downstairs. So it was it was an amazing experience. So I have I have fond feelings about Cleveland, but also it was the start of the second half of my life, really. Yeah. Most,、uh, uh, we became a house of, of sickness, and then, of course, a house of death, and、uh, and that、uh, I was a single mother for many, many years. Speaking of which, how's your son? He's doing great. He, he、um, he's out at the country house in Shawnee with、mm-hmm. his lovely girlfriend of seven years, Miss Jessie Garrison, and Nat、uh, is an editor, and he worked for years at a place called Selig.、Um, Which does trailers, and now he's doing contract work for them because they had to lay people off because, of course, there aren't any new projects、yeah. to make trailers.、Uh, uh, well, now it's starting to, you know, kick up again. But、uh, he's actually enjoying the time in the country, and he has a dog, and he gets to go hiking all the time. It's a, it's just a little, a sweet little country house. But he is really, really taking advantage of the fact that this has been in our. Family, you know, ever since before he was born,、yeah. and、uh, and it's the first time the house has been lived in, you know, by a, a nice young couple like permanently. I mean, when Rusty and I were just about the age、uh, Nat and Jesse are now, I think we're a couple of years older. I think I was thirty-two when I got the that when we got the house. We were both thirty-two, me and Rusty.、Um, But we never lived there permanently. I don't think we ever spent more than say one week there、wow. uh, without having to come back to the city. That's that's kind of nice that it's being used in that way. I wanted to ask you about something that that Mary Testa brings this up. You know, Mary is an enormous animal lover. Yes. As was Doris Day and Betty White and B. Arthur and this the list of actors who adore animals includes you. Tell me about your love of animals. Well. You know, I just think animals are pure souls, and it's our responsibility to take responsibility for them. And you know, if ever I hear that an animal is abused or, or neglected, I, it just—I have a visceral reaction to that. I have three rescue cats.、Mm-hmm. Um, uh, when my son Nat was、uh, in the first grade, his teacher suggested that we get some kind of pet for him because he was an only child, and she she just felt that it would. Help him, and、uh, that was the first of my、uh, cats,、uh, Valentine. And、uh, Valentine actually died at seven, and he died right after Rusty died. And you just can't tell me that animals don't, you know, somehow. Take our pain away from us. I, he used to have this. He used to do this thing where he would lay right on the lower part 
of Rusty's stomach as if he knew where Rusty's uh, hurt was. And it was shocking. And then, I mean, you're going to think, she's nuts. This woman. No, 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 no. I, I won't think that. I have two cats as well. So. Good, good man. I like that. And I love dogs too. It's just in New York City, uh, if you, you know, if you have a dog, you have to, if, every time you come home, you got to go out again. You know, right. you bring the dog back out. And we, we are fortunate. I, I, I live with a, my partner, Dr. Steve Pavlakis, and we have a little backyard. So my son can bring his dog over here and you can just like open the backyard and, and uh, dog can run around. I will not let the cats out though. Uh, it's just too, it's too easy for them to get confused. The houses look a lot alike and I don't think I'll ever have an outdoor cat again. I mean my brother who was also a big cat lover had a lovely three-legged cat that he took into his house once uh, my uncle passed away. You know my brother out of the goodness of his heart took this uh, lovely lovely animal and um, Tom Brady was the name of the cat, and the cat became a, a, sort of a celebrity uh, in the neighborhood because where my family home, where my brother lives, is uh, next to a school. So the, the school kids would go, "Why does he only have three legs?" and and my brother would tell them the story of how when he when he was a kitten, he had been thrown out of a, a moving car. It just so happened that. A vet was the one driving behind it, and the vet immediately um, brought it to the office and amputated the leg. And that cat grew up to be so smart, and you couldn't even tell that he only had three legs. It was amazing, but sadly, um, he was an outdoor cat, and uh, there were a lot of coyotes. And we're pretty sure he got taken by a coyote because they had found other cats that were killed by coyotes. Oh, so. that's very sad. Yeah, my guys are now 20 years old, and they have... Oh, good, good cat owners. Oh, yeah. very well, good. Yep. Bishop is, is 30 pounds, and the vet oh. said he might live to be six or eight, and he's 20. Uh-huh. Oh, that's great. So uh, you put him on a diet. Well, no, no he's, he's big. He's, like, big. He's, uh, is, is he a main coon? We believe so. He was just a stray that moved in one day, so... Lovely, lovely. So I don't know exactly, but he's orange and white and huge and built like a pit bull. Does he have long uh, fur? Uh, medium, very soft, like a bunny. Nice, nice. How about, what do his ears look like? <sighs> Rabbit yeah, ears. That, yeah. That, that's not, that, that sounds like a main coon. Maybe that he is. Like I want to ask you yeah. specifically about one role. And you impressed me in this role very much because I did not recognize you. Now, I have seen you on stage maybe 25 times in concerts, three maybe. And uh, so I've seen a lot of shows. And you were in a TV show called Happy, playing Mrs. Claus. And I was looking at this character going, who is this woman? And I had to go to IMBD and find out. That's so funny. yeah, that was that was such a huge thrill because I am like the biggest Chris Maloney fan in the world. And you know, when I got the script, I'm like, oh my god, this is this is you know a beautiful, beautiful scene opposite Chris Maloney. So I don't think that I have ever worked as hard on an audition and I I did something so funny for the audition you know I don't smoke but this character obviously smokes a lot yeah and uh, 
um, for the audition. I didn't want to, you know, pay ten dollars or however much. I, I, how much is a, a pack of cigarettes? I, I don't know. know. It's like stupidly expensive, and I just said, "All right, I'm going to do this." And I just went looking for cigarette stubs in the street, and and I, I kind of, you know, I found one that was about that long, and I, I did my best to sort of clean it off with like a, a Clorox bleach thing and I, I, I put it in my mouth for the, uh, the reading which was not with Chris Maloney but Chris was I believe Chris Maloney was one of the was he one of the producers I don't know but he he vetted me you know he said yeah you know I like her I'm, I'm gonna do I'm gonna have her do it and uh, it was such a fun fun day and oh my god the costume fittings I I wore some of the most amazing clothes I've ever had on my body I you know, I had a young uh, Versace red patent leather skin tight dress I'm like oh my god God, do I get to, to wear this? But then they came up with the the whole Santa Claus, uh, you know, Mrs. Santa Claus uh, idea for the costume, and uh, and I had the most glorious half day because that's all it took. It only with, took a half a day. It took a half a day wow. with uh, with Chris Maloney, uh, you know, um, lighting my cigarettes over and over and over, and by the end of the half day. Uh, we got very comfortable with each other. So he said, "Hey, you want to you want to see my new hobby?" And so he showed me a picture of him. Uh, what do they call that? Water skiing. <laughs> it's like you're good. You're good. You must be an athlete. So uh, for somebody who's just the biggest Law and Order with Chris uh, SVU with Chris Maloney fan, uh, uh, it was a dream come true. And I think it's so funny that you. Don't recognize me because it's. I know the makeup is very overt. The makeup is overt, and the voice you use was not your voice. You come across as sweetness well, and light. Mrs. Claus did not. Yes. Well, one of the things I really, really liked about that particular script was uh, it was written in a very noir way, and uh, noir is something that uh, comes very. Easily to me, I've done uh, a noir musical called Gun Middle Blues twice, and uh, it's just you know those girls that kind of talk like that, yeah, <laughs> very very kind of clipped and uh, low and sexy. And, I love it. And that's that's I approached it as film noir, the, the audition and uh, actually doing the part itself. Well, it, it really struck me because um, I think it's the highest compliment to give an actor when you know them and you see them and you, you don't even recognize them. They're so into a character. And that's happened with you twice. When I saw the revival of Gypsy, I didn't know it was you. Oh, no kidding. That's funny. I thought, that actress playing Tessie, God, she's good. Had no <laughs> idea, but you had created, again, a character that was so... You know, it was so thrilling uh, about that when Arthur Lawrence um, wrote his last memoir, what was to be his last book. Um, he called me the best Tessie Torah that he had ever seen. I was like, what? That's actually in print? Arthur yeah. Lawrence said that because he had given me a really tough time in rehearsal. But, and again, that was quite, uh, it's sort of pre-noir. I, I, he just wanted it angry and uh, he, uh, the matter I got 
the happier he was, you know. And so you just want to go into the backstory of these people. It's like, what has this, the idea that Tessie Tura is, you know, oh, she's one of the funny broads in, in Gypsy, it really never appealed to me. And when I got into Tessie's head, and Tessie was a real character, by the way, uh, she, she was a person, sure, she, in the... a, a stripper, who uh, ultimately became Gypsy Rose Lee, Gypsy Rose Lee's um, girlfriend, right? No, dresser. 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 No, dresser. the mother had the girlfriend. Dresser. Yeah, Jennifer Emanuelsen, her, her, you know, side gal, and um, and she was devoted to her, and she called Tessie Tora more of a sister than June. Yeah, well. And, uh, my uncle Larry was a huge theater buff, and he found uh, an original poster of Tessie Tora, and it's it's quite a thing to see. She's a little bit hefty. Um, I, I guess it's probably around 1920, and she's a big girl, and she was uh, famously a uh, a drunk, oh. and uh, so I guess she was kind of bloated all the time. But I just got into the head that here's a woman who's fast aging out of the only job that she's any good for and she you know she, what, what is she going to do it's the depression she probably didn't graduate from high school she has no skills you know she's sort of aged out of this ecdysiast uh, um, employment and she's going to have a sad end but because of her kindness to Gypsy Rose Lee, she led a very, very happy life after her stripping uh, days were over. It's kind of nice. I like happy endings. Now let's yeah. talk about an, another one of your loves. We um, chatted a little bit on uh, uh, Facebook more than a year ago now when you were going to Portugal. And I know you wanted to go to Greece again. You love to travel. Yeah. Tell me about I travel do. and what you think the future I of it might be. I, I love to travel and I got a real taste of it when I was on tour with Wicked doing mm. um, Marble. And we went to all these strange little towns that I would never have gone to unless, you know, somebody paid me to go there. Like, if you had told me that Tulsa would be one of my uh, favorite cities, you know, right up there in the top five. If you had told me that before I was there, I would have said Tulsa. Oh, but it's this fantastic uh, art deco. Uh, it's almost like the whole city is a museum of gorgeous old uh, art deco. And um, and also, it's when I found out about the, the Tulsa massacre of Black Wall Street. And it's like, I'm looking at the ground going, what, what are all these stars on the and and I started reading about Black Wall Street. I'm like, I never heard about this. I yeah. I went to good schools, never a word. And of course now it's it's been recognized. And I also uh, on the road, my friend Tim Kazarinski, who's playing Wizard, uh, we've been you know, visit all these strange things. Like in Tulsa, there's a, a giant oil. Uh, oil man and Tim Kazer, you know, like he's 90 feet high. It's like the, the highest uh, freestanding statue in America or something like that. And it's just this ridiculous thing. And uh, the funny thing is that Kazerinsky called it Derek. <laughs> Derek? Okay. Derek. 
I thought that was pretty clever. So we would have just a ball going to every kishy thing in Tulsa, in uh, Omaha. You know, Omaha, the ghost town capital of I lived there once. the world. It's, every building has a ghost sign in it. And I'll explain what ghost signs are to people who don't know what they yes, are. Yes, that was yeah. my next. It's not that um, of a business that doesn't exist anymore. So it, it, they're in the Midwest, particularly, uh, and further out west, that was a, a main form of advertising. They, any brick, they would just paint over it. And Omaha, there are these huge warehouses that are just covered with ghost signs, but then windows have been kind of poked into them for, you know, like new apartments. And uh, that was definitely my favorite uh, ghost sign. Enclave, and I'd like to spend more time in Europe because the Irish ghost signs that you see online are unbelievable, and of course London. But I would really like to come to Berlin someday because another one of my great loves, besides traveling, is I'm a Rammstein fanatic. I love oh. the heavy metal band Rammstein, and I think that Till Lindemann, the lead singer, is. One of the most talented people I've ever seen in my life. I, I own all of their videos. I own all of their CDs. I finally got to see them in person, I think, two years ago, and I was just like, "Well, now I understand." And it's so funny because here people think of Rammstein as some, you know, weird, you know, Hitler-esque band, and it's like these are six Jewish kids from East Berlin. Yeah. They were, Last kids that got together and formed a band, and they're—I believe that they're all Jewish. They're all Jewish, so. yes, and they're really yeah. wonderful. Yeah, they're—I just think they're incredible, and you know, obviously, I have an affinity for the uh, macabre, as you heard from my uh, Elliot Ness in Cleveland and the uh, torso murderer uh, stories, and uh, and of course, I played Lizzie Borden in yes, in the musical about her. Um, I I love the fact that they first of all they're named after the Rammstein um, air disaster. The uh, it, the there was a plane that the plane that went down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the Air Force uh, terminal, the Rammstein, and uh, but they started off taking news stories and doing uh, songs about them. Till would write the lyrics, and I, I think there's one called My. Title, uh, which is like, my, I think it means my part or my yeah. penis, and it's about that yeah. German serial killer who ate his victims. Yeah, I know. When you go and see uh, Rammstein, they'll do like a theatrical version of that, and it's just like, it's it's like opera, and their combination of you know the heavy metal uh, guitars and the kind of. Uh, sort of 80s pop um, uh, keyboard of Flacca, and then Till's bass voice. You know, it, it, it's a fantastic combination, but also the intelligence and wit of the songs. Uh, it's I just they blow my mind. I think they're, I I think they're my favorite band. <laughs> well, I have certainly seen them, and I understand they're very they're very niche, but they're very entertaining. It's theatrical. Yeah. Um, very, we, yeah. we are coming to an end. 
we have already. Oh my yeah. My goodness, that was so fast. Well, okay. I, I didn't. I didn't answer your first question. I just went off and talked on my own. Uh, theater in New York is is so sad right now, and we desperately need our government to come to the rescue of the heartbeat of New York City, which is the uh, theater industry, and it supports so many ancillary uh, uh, businesses like restaurants and and souvenir shops and uh, bars after after the um, shows and hotels and, and, and tour guides and, and everyone. You see, there right now is just. It's very, very sad, but we we really need a, a president who is going to appreciate the arts rather than ignore the arts. And I fervently hope that um, we will have a new president on November third. We we know the one we have is terrible. We know, and we are sorry. We are sorry, Germany. We are sorry, but. Um, Hopefully, reason will prevail. Okay. Allison, thank you so much for taking the time today. Um, we may end up doing this again sometime in the future once theater is happening and you have an exciting project to tell me about. Let's hope I get another job. Oh please, you're Allison <laughs> Fraser. There's always another job. We'll <laughs> see. Thank you. Bye bye, Carl.